the Outsider Podcast by Bleed TV. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. And tonight we are covering episode eight, Foxhead. Um, first, let me say, guys, if you notice a little bit of different audio quality, we had a uh, we had a snafu this evening. And a we, mic took a shit on us. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, one of those things we're we're just going to make do, and hopefully uh, just give us a pass on this one. Next week we'll be back up to par, but. We also have an amazing interview that will have you laughing your ass off oh, yeah. and just getting little tidbits a little bit deeper into the show with Mark Menchaca. Yes. And man, is he just one down to earth person that I got to say, it was a blast talking to him. No doubt. So if you're listening right now, make sure you look where there's actually going to be two episodes out. And the other one is the interview with him. That is the character actor of Jack Hoskins. Uh, Wow. Made my night. It absolutely made my night. So you definitely need to listen to that. But let's get into the episode. Like I said, this is uh, episode eight. Um, can I just say the sound effects alone on this episode right here? Goosebumps. Were, was enough to say freaking epic. It was enough to live up to Stephen King's tweet of the last three episodes are going to blow your doors off or whatever he said. Yeah, it's wild. It, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Not only that. There was two or three times where writing was just over the top amazing. I mean, just I mean, just thinking about him talking about the whole story about having the copper taste and being mm-hmm. on patrol with a, like a mouthful of pennies and mm-hmm. things like, that. like what imagination? What what? I mean, this is just amazing stuff, man. Just absolutely amazing. I mean, how about how about Ben? Or, sorry, Ralph Al Scanner's character talking about how his. You know, his mother passing and him going down there in the Washington Square and then coming back 15 years later at the radio. Just a coincidence. Yeah, oh, my God. Just <laughs> nuts him right there with a, you know. He's like, this is me trying to believe in everything. It just sounds like a coincidence. Sounds like a coincidence. You know what I mean? I mean, just, there were so many great spots. Well, I mean, not time. only that, when uh, Yule is sitting there driving down there with Andy and he's just sitting there, it's like, oh, man, Holly. Like, have you ever just been in a room with her where she can pick out when people die? And Andy just like, Sh- no, no, you're messing with me. He's like, no, no, no. That hook in his mouth, it was shining. Yeah, it was unreal. Oh, man. It was just, people laughed my ass off. Yeah, I, I don't think I've laughed this hard in any HBO show than I did this episode when they were throwing out these zingers. And um, it was just, it was, it well, was just classic, really good anecdotes, like you said in the car. So I thought that was a great anecdote, <laughs> you know, but, uh, well, no, the, the, the way they shot the, uh, scenes with Holly and Ralph when they were driving, you know, we were talking about, it was like a little kid in the back seat just turning his head at the parent, you know, oh, now you say something, now you say something. Yeah, the constant shift of yeah. camera. The and, tennis, the tennis ball. Yeah. yeah. And then like at the very end when they're laughing and you just see the final driving, it's out of the back window. Just like, who thinks of this? Like, you know, you gave us one perspective the, or two perspectives the whole way. And then you change it for the home run. My God. Yeah. It, it, it was it was awesome. Something else about this episode I liked. They gave us a new dynamic about uh, about El Coco's abilities. Mm-hmm. They really went into depth to show how Claude was losing his mind. Like somebody was in his mind and he was feeling like he was being stalked or somebody was trying to get to him and so on. And so like he has this feeling and ability on the person that he's cloning. But we never saw that with uh, Jason Bateman's character, Terry. And, like, that's what bothers me. Is like, I guess we just got the final result, but he well, just looked and seemed so Well, if you remember, his wife said he wasn't sleeping well. Um, okay. And he was tired and things of that nature. This gave us more of a visual. Of why uh, that was. Of why this was probably happening to him. 
Plus, you have to understand, the monster, El Coco Bethet, is in a different mindset right now. He's, Weekend. More, he's weaker. He's scared. He's, you know, he's more desperate. Like even Yule said, he doesn't want to make mistakes. Show his, show his hand, you mm-hmm. know. And so this could be the reason that Claude's character is having so many more effects. And we get to see that scene where Ralph wakes up from hearing sounds and Claude's got this, you know, this dumbbell, dumbbell. you know, like he's going to take something out, you know, in the middle of the night. Hey, I'm just saying there. Like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to throw it like a seven pound punch or something and everything? Hey, man. You know, if that's all you got, it's all you got. I'm telling you right now, you one hit with that thing. Oh, yeah, you're it's done. Like, it's out, home. But the, the show actually showed you, I think, why Claude's getting so affected because Claude mentions the fact, hey, when you're in prison and you get these feelings and stuff like that, yeah. you know something's about to go down. I think he is just... It's almost like a PTSD from being in prison, knowing some shit's about to go down, and he's feeling that again and doesn't understand why. But he thinks some shit's about to go down. Right. He, he said, he, "He said I had to leave that town. I something was going to happen. Right. He didn't know why. So I'm like that. I feel like that's why we didn't see it in Bateman as much or at all. But we're seeing it in Claude because he has a backstory yeah. that shows that he already he has, has some anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the instincts." So that's a great point right there. Yeah, um, I, I think he nailed it. I, I got to give props to that actor for this episode. This is the most we've got to see of him in any episode, and he man, he nailed it. I liked his brother too. Oh yeah, the bringing in a new character this late in the game and being so film, you know, film, sorry, so screen heavy. Yeah, as he was, and he stole every scene. He like did. you knew exactly who he was in the scenes and everything when he comes in to the uh, prison. Why'd you arrest my brother? What's he in here for? You force go. Force go. I'm top, motherfucker. Oh, God. He's like, hey, if you really want to stop my partner, call him Barney Fife. <laughs> Forrest Gump's kind of a hero, man. I was like, this is great. I mean, there were people, there's people in the writing room. Oh, yeah. And they were doing this readout to each other, this, that, or so on. And I don't know how they kept their composure. During this, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how they kept it acting. It like I would have been too busy laughing at everything. He's probably, oh, thank God they shot me. I could actually laugh. There's a reason we'd be extras to be escorted out. You know what I mean? Like, okay, guys, that was a scene. We don't need you to keep fucking laughing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, like he was, he was great. But then, all right, so let's talk about it. All right, during the first time we get to see him, he's on a construction site. They're doing this festival, this caves, you Mm. know, and they're in Tennessee. Um, The he says his foreman pulls up. We're just we're, we're just getting drugged. We're just thinking this is yeah. marijuana, things of that nature. When we see a car pull up to the house again later, is this just another instance where... It's a know, dealer house. Another yeah. dealer house. Yeah. Okay. And they're like that. Well, you know, I'll get an email or two. Like, you know, why didn't y'all talk about it? And I was like, let's make sure we got to cover all bases with that. You know, he's just a drug hit. He's yeah. the, you know, he's the guy's been he, out of jail. He's your local neighborhood drug dealer. He's like, just a dealer. He's the guy. You know, all you got to do is pull up. He knows to come see you. He knows how much you want and everything. Yeah, right. He's got his regulars. There you go. All right. So one thing I did bring up about their their house is okay. Evidently, Dad was a monster. Yeah. Mom makes it sound like he killed the monster. You know. You know. Well, look at him. Look like well, she's waiting for him to blow up. Yeah. Um, and then they talked about the hole in the wall. And goes, yeah, that's what taught me gun safety. That don't explain the other two holes. Well, Ralph said, "Nice grouping." Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> is that just interjection of humor? Yeah. Or, you know, or is there more to having the, all these holes in the, you know? I think it's just showing a little bit that Claude and his brother grew up in a just... Not a good environment. Hole, yeah. A very difficult home. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
<laughs> I think it gives a little humanity to Claude. You know, because, I mean, even Claude, he's like, he had to quit that job. He had to leave town and stuff like that. Look at him. He's cleaned up. You know, he's really trying not to break his parole. And he's sitting there drinking Coke the whole time and everything. Yeah, he's not, you know, it's like he doesn't want to be around his brother when he's doing this shit. You know what I mean? So, you know, even when his brother comes in and starts bad-mouthing the cops, he's trying to calm him down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I like that they're giving this, you know, giving Claude a break. Yeah, you know yes, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. All right, I'm going to throw this wild one out there like that. This is the one part of the episode I thought was a little too ham-fisted. And this was the story about Ralph telling Holly about Jack was... All he ever wanted to do was be a, use his you know his gun skills and shooting skills to be a military sniper mm-hmm. and lead into the where you know he he failed his psych eval like that. This all happens moments before the preview showed us him snipe a uh, you know a fisherman for his truck. Yeah. Do we feel like this is too heavy handed? Do we have to have the whole his skill set? You know, as a former sniper, is this going to play into something that happens the next two episodes? But I'm see honestly, I wasn't. I wasn't. I thought he was going into to basically explaining to Holly, you should be dead. Even when he was chasing you, shooting at your car, you should be dead. He's a marksman. Yeah. This dude okay. knows how to handle a weapon. So it's like as mad as you are at Jack, or as scared as you are at Jack, there's still something inside Jack that he didn't kill you. You know, maybe he would have eventually. But it's almost like I, I, I thought he was going to lead into that fact that it was like, hey, this dude, you know, he still has top, humanity in him. Top of his class marksman, yet he didn't shoot you in that car, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just adding something that's not actually there. I got you. Well, you know, by what you're saying, it makes me feel better about yeah. the conversation. I, when I, he got done saying it, I was like. It's awfully convenient to have that conversation in the episode. We get to see him snipe right? another individual. You know what I'm saying? But also, once again, secondary person, not the person that's being cloned, but the the ghoul, mm-hmm. if you want to call it, another ex-military. He preys on people. I talked about it before. Preys on the people with PTSD, you know, and depression. They prey on damaged people. Yeah. You know. What? I mean, and war people are going to have the most grief. I mean, that's just, even though he didn't actually go to the war and everything, he got sent back before he could, he's going to have all that, especially after we saw his upbringing. And the other thing I saw with it was he failed his psych exam, so like maybe he's more likely to believe in something like El Coco or something like that. And that's why I thought he was telling her, was like, hey, that's why he's on your side. He failed the psych exam. Now, I can't believe in it, but maybe he does. Well, you remember, though, he has a whole conversation about how he believed in nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely believed in nothing. But now he believes in something because something otherworldly is attacked. Yes, him, his experience. You know? But, I mean, Ralph doesn't know that or privy to that conversation either. True, true. But, you know, I, I think he's just, it's showing more he's a damaged guy, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you. All right. So, let me ask this question. Why, I mean, does, okay, so I, I feel like I know why. What I'm getting at is, is that the Coco, the, you know, doppelganger, ghoul, whatever you want to call it, comes up to this festival and it knows where Claude is so that they're in the same area, okay? And to steal this kid, do you think that was arranged or it just followed Claude because Claude decided to leave on his own volition? But do we know all, that it knows Claude is there? Or is it just happenstance? 
it do, Claude doesn't have to be there yeah, for they, this to go down. They, they've never been in the same city before. So, I mean, that's why I'm saying, like, I thought it was strange that he leaves this town to goes to somewhere in East Tennessee, you know, and the creature ends up in the same area at the yeah. same time. I mean, we don't even know how the creature got in the vehicle with Jack. Like, it was just all of a sudden, he was there. Well, Jack went and gave it a meal, which was the cancer-ridden fisherman. Yeah, you know, Which, that was unique, that, you know, just by eating it, he was able to say it knew it had cancer. But as a massive fan of horror, like mm-hmm. I live for it. That sequence when he's staring at that, you know, dingly do whatever you want. I don't know. What You're talking about the picture cube. The picture cube hanging from the rearview mirror. The moment you hear that distorted version of Claude's voice, yes, mm-hmm. and the, say, and the, "Pass it back here, dude." It hit every little tingle. horror vibe that I love. And not only that, the picture was showing the people to be looking for that are going to be suffering right now. Like yeah. It's enjoy- it wants to look at the cube to see that was like the suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. dessert. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like, and you didn't, they didn't have to say anything other than pass it back. Yeah. You know, that crazy voice. And we're all like, whoa. And then, you know, Jack's character, just the look he has, you know, he goes, I need to eat again. Yeah. He goes, you just ate. And he goes, I need it again. You know, and it, it when they was pulled over in that suburban, it was it was amazing. It was like you said, very tingle worthy, as they say. They just really nailed vibes with giving you so little. Yes. The tattoos on his knuckles. Like you know, they weren't fully you. in there yet and everything. Yeah, it was like they were developed. faded, but we know that they're gonna get it a lot darker and everything. Yeah. And then just hearing it screams. I've never really heard anything like that. It looked it was like a mix of a lion, you know. And more yeah. of a screech. And like a jackal or something. You know. Uh, like it, was it whoever sat around and created this thing? Bravo! Yeah, the audio right. on the the, like Foley's, said, the Foley folk. I'm just telling you, the, the, that's what made the episode to me was the audio of his voice, mm-hmm. the audio of you know him eating and dismembering oh. things like that. I mean, it was just and then it threw like the bone yeah, like, Jack back in the chunk. He's like, "What the fuck, dude? <laughs> I fed you that damn meal." Uh, yeah, and then of course. Whoever created these masks, the fox head masks, you know what they Ooh. did. You know, it, I don't know. Which, the bear was creepier to me. Was. Oh yeah, yeah. It was the eyes. Where, where where could you see out of that face, man? I'm guessing you were supposed to well, see out of the mouth. Well, there were pinholes in the eyes, but yeah. I'm like, it was creepy as shit. Dude. It was so creepy. You know, and, and the, then the, the lighting effect, the little uh, bust of the girl with the deer antlers. Oh, yeah. I was like, holy shit, that's the not creepy dress. at all. Yeah. yeah, I was like, damn, where the where is this freaky ass place? It looked like a cult gathering. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, it was dynamic from start to finish. Stephen King didn't let us down. I mean, no. he said that the last three were going to be epic. This was such a different change of pace from last episode, which we kind of complained a little bit of a spillery. This is also the episode where Ralph comes to belief. No, he's still not a belief. I, and think, then I think once he saw that iPad. He saw the iPad. Okay. He, he changed I it. saw the iPad video of him unmasking. Coco, right there. <laughs> I'd have been a believer then, too. But like, he's already seen this evidence before, too. No, no, no. Like, but, not with the face like that. But I'm saying, like, he saw Terry in two different places and everything. So, like, him knowing it can be in two different places. I guess now that he knows more about no, it. Because he was personally, personally with Claude. Yes. When this happened at the exact same time. And you can tell it's clearly Claude. But, but different. Yeah. But different. You know, those eyes... 
what you normally see in like a werewolf transformation Correct. Uh, yeah. film or sometimes vampire, you know, like uh, Dust Till Dawn mm-hmm. had that heavy brow, you know, that's wrinkled up in the center and stuff like that. That's a, that's almost like a horror trope for certain creatures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they did a really nice, subtle way of doing it. Very subtle, and it was yeah. just enough for like when that, like when that older man pulled that that mask back, and he go, and you saw that reaction. Yeah, that he had. pulled back. Well, yeah, he made yeah. it seem like it didn't look like uh, Claude at all. Like we we're like, oh, he his face must not have changed or anything. He still got the droopy eye or something. But that's what I was expecting. I was expecting yeah. like you know the mushy face, but that was that was better. What they gave us was better. Give me your odds on we us seeing that old man having trouble sleeping at the end of this season. It, it's a you could you saw the scratch on the arm. Yep. Y'all, well, you, we think it's a scratch on his arm. Yeah. It could be just like pine needles or something like that. That's on. But it looked like a scratch. It looked like a scratch to me. I agree. Um, but what are the chances, huh? What are your dude, odds? That's just a, that's a solid lead-in for a season two. I mean, yeah, I mean hey, you call what it a that, great dude. way to do a post-credit sequence of him, like getting up out of bed and checking the lock, struggling with <laughs> sleeping and not be and not like looking in the mirror and like not feeling right. You know? Yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, we're working on season two, so it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, or, or it could be a radio broadcast of you know such and such you know uh, so you know is you know has been arrested on child you know something you know you, you just never know. They're, they're, but I think you're right. You know that would be a they've given us enough right here to give us that little inclination for the future for that to make the show mm-hmm. like the classic trope of you thought it was over but it's not. You know. Well, well, the thing is, is like, did he make that? He looked like he was like. Got sick all of a sudden. You remember, like when he gets up off of him and he sits up, and we where we see this, what we think is a scratch. He it looks different. Not that he was weirded out by the guy's eyes, but like he was like off a little well, bit. Maybe the maybe the monster you know connected with him somehow. You know what I'm saying? You know, stunned it, him. You know, I mean, if you're able to control Jack or you're able to get into people's minds and different like that, right? I can imagine that just any kind of contact, you would probably be able to have that kind. Of, I mean, well, just like my theory of the the slice on Claude's arm, mm-hmm. I just feel like the show never shows us nothing for for any for nothing. Yeah, yeah there's no reason. They always give us a. Re- there's always a reason for why they show something but or here's the thing about that, linger though, on it. You know, it, it, you bring that up, and that's a good point, is is that, so if this thing is fully transformed, which I would guess is the one that would be happening by the next episode, mm-hmm. okay, are we going to get a part where you got two of them right next to each other, and they're going to have to make a choice? Well, and that arm slice is going to be the difference? Well, no, that's, Who knows about the arm slice? But that's the fear now. Now they're scared Claude's in danger. Because... If it, if it knows that they now realize that there's two clods, you have to remove one of the clods. Mm-hmm. He has to go get rid of them so they're not on his trail anymore. It's what Holly was talking about, putting pressure on it. You know, making it, because now people will start to believe it's real unless he can take away the evidence that it's real. Mm-hmm. I think Claude is in danger now. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, but, I mean, if Claude's in danger, don't we think he could just control it to make Claude do something? Or is that only Jack whenever you have the uh, bumps and stuff on your neck? No, I think I think the, based on what we saw in the preview, I think the next thing is is that Jack is going to is probably going to be assigned to gun down Claude. You know, so that that inclination or 
he will be, you know, the point man since he's been visually exposed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, because when you watch the preview, I mean, FYI preview, they, you know, you see a scope and like it brushes over to Ralph and rushes over somebody else. So, you know, I, I don't but see. Claude would not be in the hunting party. Well, if you see the preview, though, he's he gets, got a baseball he gets bat. into the truck with his brother and guys with the guns, and he's got a club in his hand. Right. So I think he could be. They're going to do yeah. their own version of justice without having to worry about if the cops are a part of it. I mean, there's pros and cons of Claude going. I mean, if he goes, then he gets risk being shot by the hunting party and everything. But if you stay, then you risk people coming to the house, and you got to fend them off by yourself. But, but also, who better to know which one is which than his brother? You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, if this thing has memories and everything, like, look, if I'm to your mind to be you, I'm painting myself. Like, I'm putting like marks on my chest, or not only that. Look, if you remember when Terry, when the doppelganger took over Terry, mm-hmm. he knew the boy, knew him by name, got him into the van with yep. his bike, and then took him away. I mean, like that's what I'm saying. Like, like I'm, I'm this guy can emulate who he is, know his memories and stuff. It's just like when he went into uh, when he was messing Jack up. He chose yes. Jack's worst memory, worst nightmare. His mother, who was obviously abusive and a terrible libel, is the one that whipped the shit out of him. Yeah. So to me, I think he can know exactly who he is, how he talks. The so whole. I'm night saying, night. like, I'm dipping my hands in paint. I'm doing something to make sure. Well, that's like, the thing. Yeah, if Claude were to shave his head right now, yeah. Like, do you think no, it would know that his head was shaved? Possibly. That's the thing. I don't know either. I don't know. I don't know the yeah, exact know. extent of the powers. Well, I can tell you this. I, like you, you might laugh. But I think you got a good point. I dip my one arm in red paint yeah. and walk around and be like, unless they can just change this arm and clothes into red paint, all of a sudden, I don't see it happening. Change clothes. Change what everything you can think of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wear an orange hunter vest and be like. Well, it can only change physically. It cannot have the exact same clothes he has on. No. Because you remember when he was Terry Maitland, he wore those jeans, the belt buck buckle, the, yep. all this stuff. It's not like he had identical same clothing. He only changes his DNA. There's no clothing DNA. So like the outfit we saw him walking around in is not an outfit Claude owns. So you would see two different Claudes based on the clothing. So they, unless they walked up each other naked. You, you know, that's but then we could potentially have the uh, scratch or cut from oh, the knife right. that Jake was letting us know about a couple episodes back. So no, there's no doubt. So I mean, like it's perfect copy, yes. But when you're in the, when you're in people looking for a, do, a double, you'll be able to know because if you're with Claude, you know what he's wearing. Yep. You know what I mean? So. I well, then, and then another big thing is we got uh, Howie. He's finally been given the go to go sue everybody. And he stops before Ralph leaves and lets him know, like, hey, it's about to come down. You're out of the crosshairs. And do we think this is going to kind of be contingent on him making sure Terry doesn't have a name in vain by the end of this and everything? Like, he comes out and says, hey, that wasn't Terry. I messed up arresting him how he was, how we did and everything. But he didn't do these crimes. I think it's false hope. There, There is no happy ending for Terry Maitland. Uh, yeah. Because no matter what, let's just say, unless, if they go and let's just say crazy by the end of the season, they shoot and kill this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. And you've got a carcass of what looks to be an alien or something that's not human. I just don't see that being a part of the end of this. 
Yeah, I, I just don't. You're not going to have a, a, something that a lab tech's going to be able to take over. The government comes in and goes, oh, my gosh, that's not the story here. It's not. It's, it's good versus evil. You're not going to be able to go to a newspaper and say, we killed the doppelganger, and that's what, we're like, that's what Terry Maitland's innocent. No, that's not true either. You know, they can proclaim that he was innocent and that they've captured the right man and all that. Quarter public opinion and, and, and all that. The, the public opinion would have to go that route. It's not going to be anything definitively with evidence. Now, I think it's good. I mean, I think it's nice that she's putting that in place because it's a way to motivate him to stay on the trail of trying to figure it out. Um, I, I don't think it'll be a thing where he completely clears Terry in the public mind. I no, think he'll neither. be able to prove to his wife that, that he believes in that Terry is. 100% proof Terry did not commit that crime. So, you know, relieve that burden from yourself. You know, men move on. Right. You know, so... Because we saw it at the table in an episode ago you know, where she's like, breaks down almost when she says, is it possible he did this thing? You know what I mean? So it's like, I think he will be able to free her from all doubt, but there's no way you're going to convince, you know, thousands of people in your town that it was some supernatural event. Right. And if, and if you did say it was supernatural... They would just call you more of a buffoon and laugh yeah. out of town anyway. So yeah. all you can say is is that we have found the real man and he's dead and da 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 and the ongoing investigation can't tell you the name and you know what you really what do you El Coco you know, <laughs> um, but you could go that route to try to make there some exoneration. Um, and, you know, like I said, I just don't know if I see that in the cards for this for the show for the last two episodes. I just don't. I'm not sure. And things may end terribly for old Howie. Yeah. He's in the killing party now, you know, so it's like... Well, that's the thing. I, I think what I love about the preview is is this killing party. If you've ever seen some of Stephen King's other stuff, like movie-wise, like I said, The Silver Bullet, there was a killing party in The Silver Bullet. And the mob. A mob, or like that. And over half the killing party got decimated. <laughs> okay? And it was one of the most intense scenes of the whole movie of the stinking movie i mean if we're being honest i'm liking this monster plus jack versus our hunting party of seven or however many we've got like well, jack's got the rifle shotgun plenty of ammunition well if you not only that if you saw his hiding spot he also had night night vision and he had a canteen that had, we think, just ammo. For all you know, sucker's got a couple hand grenades in there. Claymore, something Claymore. like that. I mean, he is former top of his class and all these things like that. So I'm going to guess this guy's got some really big tricks. Probably some. And if you listen to our interview after this episode, you'll probably learn a little bit more about this situation. <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink. And uh, so I, I could totally see some big fireworks uh, happening. And I could see... Uh, I can see the uh, the PI that talked about the copper taste like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see him dying a miserable death, you know, totally because they've given us, like you said, they don't tell us things and they don't show us things for no reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, him saying all that doesn't necessarily mean his death. It could mean that, like he said, when some you, bad shit's coming. Bad shit's going to go down when you're on patrol. You know, a runabout. And so, guess what? We're about to have a mob going on patrol looking for a monster. So, this is foreshadowing of, I think this mob gets decimated. I've got, I could see Claude's brother, two or three of their homeboys that go with them, whatever. And they're all cannon fodder for this thing. There, there's no doubt. 
No, I agree 100%. I think we're going to lose at least three people. Before. Do we lose a main character? Somebody from Cherokee City. Yes. Or is Andy... How are you classifying Andy? I would Holly say he's part of the group. Okay. I would say he's part of the group. I think he's dead. So um, Holly loses her dude. I think Holly loses her dude. I think Howie, not the P.I., dies. And probably... Uh, Claude or his brother. Okay. Probably his brother because there's no reason to kill Claude and Terry and keeping that whole thing. And I think Claude will be the one that lives. Okay. All right. You got any predictions, bro? I have a weird prediction to think that since there's two different hunting parties, that if this thing or whatever, him and Jack both kill all of Claude's hunting party, like what's to stop him from killing Claude, dressing into Claude's clothes, spatter him some blood, and run him back to the crowd and be like, he killed my brother and everybody else. You know what I mean? Right. And then him skip town. So it's just a rope-a-dope. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just never find the monster because it just got right past him pretending to be Claude like its original plan. And so then the preview is, is you get the sticky clothes in some, another barn. You get, <laughs> you get you get Claude's clothes in a, in a barn right. or something. And then you see the old man at the door going, I can't sleep. Something bothered my mind. And it's over. Yeah. Credits. You know? Yeah, I wish I would have paid attention to the the RV and like what plates it was in, you know, had on it. I mean, I would like, say the big difference, though, is we still have two episodes. So it's hard to do all of that with two episodes left versus just one. I, I guess all I can think about is how does the monster escape? Yeah. Or is there just more than one monster or whatever the case may be? So I'm trying to think of all the scenarios and who's in you know, peril as far as getting turned in some form or fashion. All right, we've got a question for you. Do you think we get an answer for why it has to have a child victim? I think that's just causing the most grief. I think that's what it was showing today. Yeah, I think it's what I thought before. Well, was it just here's the, grief? the thing. The reason yeah. I bring that up is, is because he ate a dude, mm-hmm. then he ate a deer, and then he was planning on eating this child the next day. So that's three meals in three days. You follow what I'm saying? Well, I so think it's not was... necessity of hunger. It's... I think I want to say there's more to it why we have to have a child. Well, I think it was eaten more right now just to fully transform and speed that aspect of it up. And then I think the child is just it causes much grief and then that's what it really desires is all that sadness, anger, grief, that kind of stuff. And that's okay. where he gets it. And not to mention the public mob that will rush to judgment. Mm-hmm. Like irrefutable evidence that so-and-so was the killer, they don't want to hear nothing else. You killed a kid. It's just like you go to prison. You're dead. You know what I mean? I, and I agree with all that. And like you said, you know, because if you remember, Ralph and Holly had the conversation in the car, and she's, you know, he that's when he was mad because he was like, you know, and she says it's not human. Yeah. You know, that little comment. But, you know, it's just doing what any other organism does. You know what I mean? It just wants to live. It wants to, you know, eat. It wants to do its own thing. Which I wish you would have doubled down on that a little bit harder. It was just like, it's just trying to survive. That's right. the only thing it cares about. It doesn't have bills. It doesn't have kids. It just thinks about itself, eating, and surviving. But right. It, but it did take a risk, you know, when the Terry version killed a kid it was mm-hmm. fully transformed it was he this went was into this early early like she said putting pressure on him he'll make a mistake he came out too fast 
is he wasn't fully transformed yet. Right. You know, so it's like we're we're seeing what the what Holly's plan was basically unfold, which is like just keep putting pressure on him. You know, make it make mistakes. Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing is, it didn't really make a mistake on this one. It just got it got, got seen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just got bad luck that the sister saw him walking. Which it was weird. Did we think that the little boy couldn't hear it because he was blocking the noise in some shape, way, or form, or that it was just so loud that they're at a kind of festival kind of thing that he wasn't paying attention? Because like it looked like El Cuckoo could hear it, but uh, the little boy couldn't. But, I, but here was my thing. I think he legitimately convinced the boy to come and try to look at this cave. Oh, I'm 100% there with you. But there's no kid that I know that would be okay with a grown man putting their hand on his neck. Yeah, it was walking. I thought was strange. So I was like, you know what? And when, and when he gets released, when the guy gets tackled and stuff like that, he's in a daze. Yeah. The kid is. Almost like him touching the neck, which is the same place. Like for Jack. Where he controls Jack and the ghouls and stuff like that. It's almost like he's got him in a trance, you know what I mean? Right. And as I mean, he's walking him. That leads like your main part of your uh, brain stem and all that good stuff yeah, that's right. right there. The other thing is, too, is that for the viewer, it's a visual cue for the sister to see that something is wrong. Yeah. And it's got to have the hand on Because if he was just walking beside the kid, you'd be like, well, maybe they're walking the same direction. But when you put your hand on the child, yeah. that's a visual cue of you're leading, him you're leading yeah. that child. And that leads to this situation. And hey, uh, shout out to all the good boys out there and everything. Like, hey, is that your kid and everything? Yeah, like, really, yeah. yeah, that first guy got up that had the gray pipelines in his beard. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. had like a, a truckload of whoop ass in the hand right there. <laughs> on him. Uh, Ask a few <laughs> questions. That's your kid? Tackle it. <laughs> right. Before you, you can say no, I'm already pummeling your teeth on your throat. Well, it's like, I'll apologize later. I'm just going to fuck you up yeah. and be real sorry if I'm wrong. There's a hundred people out here who saw you leading that kid. It just didn't look right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want your kind around right. here. <laughs> you never heard of Cecil, Tennessee? <laughs> we fucked him up real good. I got two mics waiting for you to speak into them. They don't like no feedback. Yeah. No doubt. I think no. that's pretty much the episode. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, <clears throat> like I said... The audio of the monster, the audio of it talking about that picture cube, uh, you know, all those things, throwing those new elements in there, it, it was fantastic. And then, of course, getting to finally see a visual of the monster. This episode being the first one where you get the vi- a true visual was fantastic. And uh, it just, it did, it did not disappoint. So, very, very pleased. Very, very pleased. Uh, guys, as always, make sure you keep emailing us. We had a lot of great reviews. One of my favorite reviews of all time was somebody making, uh, <laughs> really enjoying Cash's Not laugh. making fun. <laughs> Not making fun. Truly enjoying Cash's laugh. Uh, yeah, and so, um, shout out to you, dude. <laughs> that was epic. And thanks for the five stars. <laughs> and, uh, and I call us all the great emails. Uh, I also want to say uh, thanks to Mark. You know, we had that interview we have with him is... It ranks up there as one of the best we've ever had. It was mm-hmm. just a great conversation with a great actor who's really down to earth. And uh, we learned a lot that we did not know about. And there's some great stuff you'll get to hear about. This today. show, and if you like Ozarks, you learn a lot about that one as well. And if you haven't watched Ozarks, go ahead and watch that. And if you don't like Ozark, just stop listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't understand why you like television. 
if you don't like Ozark. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> as always, Bleed TV Podcast is on uh, gmail.com as well as on Twitter and Facebook and everything. And like I said, if you've been listening, you enjoy it, you enjoy the interview like that, and you haven't had a chance, give us a, a keep giving us those great reviews. We really, really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Uh, we'd love to continue to give free content, and that's what helps us out. So other than that, guys, we're going to call tonight. This is Westworld TV. Westworld starts uh, March 17th. Go ahead. Is that up already? That is true. The, the podcast is up. Um, it might not be up on iTunes yet. You know, they're a little slower. But they it are. is up on I have just about every other one. Stitcher. Go ahead. Uh, subscribe Player to FM, it. All that stuff. Please. Yes. And if you have not seen the preview for the, the latest preview, it is pretty epic. So uh, if you get a chance on your podcast catcher, go ahead and subscribe and be connected with us for that one. Because we will start right into that when this show is over. So. Other than that, guys, like I said before, this is Blee TV, and I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. We'll see y'all next week.